Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey ho, I'm Gavin from Manchester, but currently local in Sheffield. And you're listening to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything. My question is, under what circumstances, apart from for comedic effect, is it right to regularly skylark, even when it's playfully also contrary to beliefs? Okay, here comes the show. And remember, as always, question everything. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dame Baptiste Questions Everything, a podcast for myself, comedian, writer, and occasional actor, Dame Baptiste. My producer friend, Howard Cohen, a.k.a. The Hizzer. Hello. Pose the questions that need to be asked, and we are talking everything from... Well, we are talking everything from Gavin, uh, from Manchester's question. Under what circumstances is it acceptable to skylark? Gavin, I'm not sure what's going on, mate, because uh, you, you can you can lark about whenever you like, really, can't you, Dane, I think? You, you... I, I think so. It seems to be a very, uh, it's very, specific, it's a very specific synonym. He's not yeah. said, like, you know, fooling around or, you know, yeah. messing about. Skylark seems like it's very specific. I don't know the etymology of Skylark. Um, no. is, that, is that a type of bird? There is a Skylark, yeah, yeah. yeah but, so but I guess he's it's, talking it's... about... Asking about tomfooleries. Yeah. Uh, whenever um, you like, Gavit, it would be the answer, really. I think whenever you like, just just don't, don't do it when it really, really, you know, <laughs> ruins someone. Like, don't ruin a wedding. Do you know I was going to say, Howard, you said whenever you like it, and then you gave him a condition. But so I'd say, um, I can speak from the, from, you know, from someone who, uh, profession, Skylarks professionally at times. Exactly. Um, you read, read the room, Gavin. Yeah. Uh, time and place, I think. Solid so way of describing acceptable it. Really. time to do it is. When it's, when it's acceptable and you should le- you'll learn that from natural etiquette if you don't have a filter unless you have some kind of interpersonal um, disability if you do have that then um, I guess yeah that's something come back to us Gavin and let us know how you get on with your skylarking and uh, look suffice to say on this podcast we ask and answer all the questions don't we Dave when we're not skylarking you're absolutely right Howard and if you do like the show please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify and you'll never miss an episode or you can subscribe to us on Acast the world's biggest podcast network we can hear all of the very special questions being asked and answered by our very special guests with that being said on today's show is a national institution of comedy and British television. He has been the host of shows such as Mock the Week, Blockbusters, Robot Wars, Stargazing Live and Go 8-Bit. He is a prolific writer who has three children's books out at the moment, including Is Anybody Out There, Secret Science and Beyond the Sky. He also is touring across the country in 2022 with his show So Where Were We? Which is a really great title, by the way. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Dara O'Brien. Thank you very much. Thank you very also, much. We yeah. left out that here he was my um, teammate on uh, Comic Relief's University Challenge, which I would say went very well, and also revealed a very dashing, uh, rustic picture of said gentleman. And what people don't realise is that you know behind these Sean scalps is a wealth <laughs> of information and uh, vanity. You know, they, uh, yeah, I mean, very much uh, not a classic episode of University Challenge. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, 
<laughs> I mean, they did. They did make it all a little bit easier for it. But ITV, the ITV team, I think we can openly say they were flailing. There was yeah, they were flailing. They, they came in and they said, "Look, we need to record." Another question in a if you could not close in on this, <laughs> it, looked, it looked quite biased. Yeah, it, it looked quite, it, it looked, it could have very be easily been construed as like BBC bias. Yeah, <laughs> really got all, the, all the lefty intellectuals are on one team to make the common man. It was, yeah, it did, it was. And, and then they asked the question, it was like, what are these types of? And it was farfalle, um, <laughs> and green, and like this, nothing. And I was very close to going. <laughs> it was not great yeah it's it was it seemed it, it almost seemed like a very contrived setup to have uh bbc have a university challenge and for itv to be the uh comic relief for comic relief yeah there was a lot of, it's calculated very well i think yeah. and, if, and if there was some kind of pageant you know you know very attractive you, by the way when i heard you talking about skylocking and that i and i i did the thing what i always do because i'm like practically i'm 15 a few days where i went uh oh i've missed something this is like nfts or when is it i mean or like it's it's some sort of like Really foul sexual practice, whatever the uh, that I whether <laughs> yeah. it's appropriate to Probably is. you know to Skylark is when you sleep with your girlfriend's mother. In the Mile High Club, while you're at yeah. ten thousand feet, <laughs> but you've got to be about you've got to be showing up on radar, or it doesn't yeah, count. Absolutely right. The, so I uh, I looked it up while you were talking about it, uh, and yeah, one of the meanings is to frolic or sport, uh, but the other meaning is really specific, which is to run up and down the rigging of a ship in sport. Um, I mean, just for that, as in like, oh, it's a long way for the conquistadors to get to Mexico. <laughs> Let's go skylocking. <laughs> like, there's nothing else. Right down, yeah. So I think so, so we've got this very specific junctures in which skylocking is more than appropriate and, and sometimes needed, I think, if you're involved in that Look, kind I'd of... I'd imagine if you're yeah. mid-Atlantic uh, and you're kind of going, oh, God, where will we ever get to India? Uh, I think, well, what they want... <laughs> Let's let's time this, guys. Let's go skylarking up and down the. Uh, I've recently been leaving my uh, socks in a, a annoying places for my wife to find, uh, which uh, she's not really enjoying. It feels like my own form of skylarking at home. Is it? Sorry, are you deliberately doing this? As, as like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, oh, okay. Under the pillow, in, the oven, in her jeans, you yeah, know, in, a, in, the freezer, yeah. in the freezer compartment. You know, just yeah. so far she's not expecting. It's a yeah. running joke that is in danger of actually getting a little tense. Uh, ruining, exactly. yeah, ruining the That's it, Howard. I'm, I'm, I fully support the idea of keeping your relationship fresh, but I want you to make sure that you do juxtapose <laughs> nature of sky liking under the umbrella of irreconcilable differences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> so that, that was Jane Seymour. Uh, yeah, yeah, Jane <laughs> yeah. Seymour. Say, Leave small notes around the house that your partner can find where you like they'll be doing a job and they go oh I love you and you go oh how sweet they, uh, it, it was on the Jay Medna show to which Jay Medna said uh, Jane you're an expert in, in love you've had three happy marriages so far they, uh, <laughs> but your version of it is just leave balled up socks and are they, bought, are they clean socks no they're, they're, they're dirty socks I take them off from the day and you know then I'll get at some point them thrown at me, which is, it's, it's a little bit of pranking. You know, they're bringing Jackass back for a film. I'll kind of, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. when she throws um, them at me, I wish I had the Jackass theme song ready just to play, but I don't. I mean, given, given that it's the, I, I feel like Howard and like Jackass, this should be the last in your franchise. 
<laughs> for no other reason other than for <laughs> temporal reasons. Okay, fair point. <laughs> much, much like the team of Jackass, which I insist on calling correctly rather than Jackass, <laughs> yeah. um, much like the, the Jackass team, you're too old. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. old now. Well said, well said. And it, it probably doesn't have the same homo- homoerotic connotations as well, which I <laughs> yeah. found very interesting about Jackass, the enormous gay following. Yeah, does yeah, it? I would yeah, yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah, there's a touch of you know, watch Homer- straight. Yeah, homoeroticism and stuff like that. And yeah. it's, it's almost like Jack to me is like the you know the first video that Take That did called Do What You Like. Mm. And it's a leather video. Was that yeah, the, the leather yeah. video with jelly. the jelly and all the cream and stuff? And like Jack is like a really, really stretched out like the Netflix version of that video. <laughs> That's how I see. Um, it's probably time for a question, isn't it, Dane? As the format Bye. of this show dictates. Uh, Absolutely, uh, Mr. Dara Brian, as our very esteemed guest, we invite you to ask the first question, which can be any question you'd like, which you'd like to discuss for 15 minutes of some change. Then Howard would like to pose the question to you uh, to discuss for the same amount of time. And then an interesting twist of fate in a new prank that I've come up with, I'd like to ask you 15, a question to discuss for 15 minutes. And then we'd like for you to tell our listeners where they can find out more about all of your good works. How does that You're sound? You're very kind. So, so I, I lead this, do I? I go oh, yeah. Over to you, mate. Okay, look, I, I, it seemed at first glance um, to be a very general question, but why are we, we collectively, so stupid is a general, <laughs> is a general <laughs> question I'm asking, right? But I'll put it in, in thing. Why do we find new things so, oh, and our brains go, no, we don't want that, like, whatever. And I'm, but it's a phenomenon where you go to a multiplex and you have, right, there's loads of films there, but also there's, like, a really mediocre there's another, there's another Fast and Furious. Or there's <laughs> eight things that are nominated for Oscars, right? And why does your brain, you feel it sliding going, you know what you're going to get here. Look, you know, and that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the important part here. You know what you're going to get. So why didn't you just go in there, get some popcorn? It's not, you're not going to enjoy it. It's going to be okay. but And it's going to go past your eyes a bit, like whatever, like chewing gum. But the... Uh, but you, or you could challenge yourself, and you don't want to do. You don't want to be doing that. Like, why do we have that? Why, why are we not programmed to? What inspired question. this? What inspired this question in you, Dara? Just, just a general. Oh, I think the first part is the fact that you're like, why are people so stupid? <laughs> That's influenced the first part of the question. But it's because I'm. I sit at home. I'm not on tour at the moment. So I'm, so I'm sitting at home a bit, and I'm in the evening, and I'm flicking through, flicking through stuff, and like, I know some just brain go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your brain's going, yeah. Nah, that sounds like there's a smaller degree of challenge to that. That sounds like it could be difficult. And also, I got young kids, and watching them learn is just you. This all this notion about like, oh, the brain's like a is like a sponge. Oh, they, they soak things up like whatever you like. That is not tallying with anyone's expert experience of how you teach a child, which is they go, oh, like I literally had a child who would cry at a new thing being taught as if her brain was going, oh, <laughs> yeah. and then would get it. And then fine. But it was like there's a bit where the brain had to be, you know, just how you had to slap the brain into going, would you just please for a second focus? And the brain would go, oh, right, okay, okay, fine. Oh, GH make, yeah, H next to G makes it disappear. Fine, all right, whatever. I get it now. <laughs> and then it's fine. But the actual learning of it was a physical challenge and it was manifested in tears, like whatever. Why are we fucking doing like that? Well, so I've got a theory about this, okay? And then, you know, and it's based on, I haven't talked a lot about the the fact that I haven't, well, I've said I've been on holiday uh, in December, but I haven't talked about it. And it was good. I've said to Dane before, it was a really good holiday. Uh, But you know what? Like I took a, a, a not, he's not even two yet, my baby, Uh, took him with us. And, uh, 
the reality of the scenario for at least the first couple of days was he hates everything new, right? Yeah. Everything yeah. new. Like, and, and that's not like his personality. We started reading up on it because we came home one day and I was like, oh, he hated the swimming pool, the beach, and the food. That's like basically everything. That's basically holidays. And if, that's the, if this is the next few weeks of my life, we need to have a plan of how I'm going get, <laughs> to get through this. And you know, so we kind of looked it up, and it's actually, I can't find the name of the, the kind of what they call it, but all kids are born with this thing of this fear of new things. And it's because they basically create for themselves a system right. that you, you live by, which is like, oh, I like milk. Right, milk, 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 milk. So if you said, to, hey, try this thing instead of milk, like water, they'll be like, fuck off, no, bleh. <laughs> and that goes, that works for everything for them on, on a number of levels, basically. And I think that carries on probably throughout our lives to some degree. Yeah, I think that's very, I think that's very, ha- uh, very accurate. How to, and I think... That's the neurological uh, reason why we are, mm. because we're, we're creatures of habit and routine. So I think at a very young age, you begin to form like neural pathways that are based on you repeating certain actions and giving you more of a grip of reality. So like in the case of a child, you're able to kind of interpret your existence. Or I guess you can perceive your reality easier because you know at this time is feeding, this time I sleep, this yeah. time. In the same way that like the kids learn to cry, it means that attention will be brought to them. So they learn that they don't just have to cry to satisfy a physiological need, like they're too cold or they're hungry or they're, you know, or they've shit themselves. They now realize that if I want attention as a social species by making this sound, people will interact with me or come to my aid. And that's worked where to the point where now there's certain apex predators like tigers or cats that can mimic the sound of children crying in yeah. order to attract prey. Wow. So I think that's the neurological reason is that way. Specifically children or the young of other animals. I mean, I just want well, to check that it's, like, it's like always human babies. I mean, yeah, I guess it depends yeah. where they are, but yeah, the, the young of other animals or, but then that being said, it could be, it depends what their diet's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think mimicking of the young. You know, uh, that seems amazing to if the, a, a tiger can seek into your garden and go, mummy, mummy, <laughs> yeah. and then you walk out. And the well, tiger it's, like, goes, it's like kids playing and stuff, or like a kid like crying, like faintly. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, I guess they, it's, it's very effective because it's the kind of sound or it's a pitch where people will go out and try and find out. I think the other neurological thing is it's like, um, I, I'm probably going to get it wrong, but it's something I remember from biology where it's a part of your gray matter where you neurons work, but they don't require a conscious uh, thought for them to work. So well, it's, it's more easily, oh, I think it's called rationale, but it's basically hmm. your brain function, which pulls your hand away from a hot stove. Before, oh, is it like a reflex? Before you, yeah, reflex, before, yeah. You even know it's, before you even know it's hot. So yes. I, yeah. I think that's kind of part of it that we're focused on routine. And I just think, uh, yeah, so that's neurologically. I think industrially, I think, in the with the example used about like the fast and furious is that you deal with studios that are very risk adverse and people well, it's the fact that we're then risk averse is is interesting. Yeah, because we're we're we to do so and we, uh, we don't stand there and go, do you know what? Because like I get the you know, because my ancestors were wary of berries that were different colours to the ones they were used to eating in case they would poison us. Now I'm not going to watch that in Icelandic movie about a woman who raises a lamb as a human baby because <laughs> dead, there's John McFour, all right? Or God love us, the Matrix, whatever. That, that, yeah, but it's made. even, it's even <laughs> weirder than that now, now, I think, because of, of, of streaming services, which is a fantastic thing that we could have only ever dreamed of a few generations ago. You know, really amazing. But the amount of, there's a real phenomenon people keep talking about of watching the same old 
things yes. they've seen before. Yeah. So you'll watch a movie you've seen because it's just safe, right, Dara? You just kind of think, ah, I know nothing can go wrong with Platoon. <laughs> yeah, you're, 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 used, you're, used, you're, used to, you're used to the emotions as well. So there's, there's the nostalgic aspects of it as well. I think a lot of the time people recall times of being younger, we'd associate that with having a lot more vitality, a lot less responsibility. And so they like to recreate the environments in which they experience that same disposition a lot of the time. So people watch stuff from years ago, or they even watch rework, remakes of films because like, people want to watch Ghostbusters because it reminds them of when they were a kid and Ghostbusters yes, came out. And they want to introduce their child, I guess because people see a child as an extension of themselves. So they want to introduce their progeny to mm. the same thing in order to create the same disposition because they feel it's a lot more relatable. And I think even though a new idea or concept in the form of a film would be so much more compelling or I think because people are aware this may open up their mind to new ideas and aesthetics people feel very uncomfortable with that idea so people familiarities just how much better would it be if if instead we were enthusiastic about new ideas uh, rather than I mean I'm just saying okay because um right I'll give a couple so many things spring off flats I did not expect it to kick off quite the level of conversation this is great (laughs) yeah I'll give it for example on that exact thing is last night there was Jack Reacher was on like ITV4, right? Jack mm-hmm. Reacher is not a great movie, right? It's not, but it's got one very good bit where he fights five guys. And I even have a routine about those films in which one guy fights five guys, right? The uh, and the rules of it all. And Jack does a, Jack Reacher, there's a bit where he kind of goes, Oh, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, like whatever. So I'm idly when I have other things to do, going, oh, that bit. That bit's good, though. I'll wait for that bit. Right? And I watched, I think, 25 minutes and then went, oh, no, no, that bit was earlier. <laughs> and I'm <was> really, <laughs> 25 minutes of watching really a fairly mediocre thriller that I've seen before going, oh, no, I've already missed the one bit that I thought I might want to see. <laughs> yeah. and, that and that would have given me a really, really small dopamine spike. It would have really not been a major, but it would, oh, yeah, I like this bit. This bit I like the rhythm of this bit. Like whatever. But yeah, there is that scrolling, just scrolling through. I mean, yeah. it's a tyranny of choice anyway. Uh, and that we latch onto a thing which is totally new. But there, and, and, and look, and also we are presented with algorithmically choices, cho- chosen things. Yeah. So it's backed up digital, by the fact. Yeah. That conservativeness in us is backed up. I recently found there was um, uh, Sky Movies have all these films on that I actually wanted to see, but never turn up on the thing. I yeah. decided to type in to just watch. I wanted to see a film where Maz Mickelson drinks a, a small amount of booze throughout the day. Um, his friend microdose alcohol for the day, right? Ooh, right. Very good. Very, very good. It's that sound Sky movies. It never pops up in the uh, and then yeah. Matt down the rabbit hole. There's another mad, really good Mad Mickelson movie, which is kind of takes the Mickey out of these hyper violent thrillers. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. Is is it good? Is it yeah, yeah. really good and, and, and yeah. certainly worth a watch. Yeah. All the also, and you kind of go, hang on, is there like is there a secret folder I'm not seeing because I keep being offered the fucking Wolf of Wall Street again. If I, you know, like, do <laughs> one more time. Well, this, is, this is the thing about dig- the digital era is that it's, uh, it's, well, it works like, it works like a, in terms of binary and it is the compartmentalization of uh, your humanity or your psyche. And this is what I guess algorithms endeavor to do is the suffix of it being a rhythm is that it's trying to find a repetitive formula or, for, or, or repetitive right. pattern for, I guess, your brainwaves or your way of thinking which is why you're still presented with stuff. Whereas normally as a human being, your natural journey involves you having to broaden your horizons in order for you to facilitate growth 
And, you know, whether that's developing other aspects of your senses because you see new things or developing your palate, whereas an algorithm works by saying, this is what you like. So based on what you like, this is what you're supposed to like. So that maybe shows you the... Uh, limits, these, the limits of the, it, right? Yeah, or, or just or that's the flaw within an algorithm is that as advanced as they are, what they can't do is predict or necessarily suggest future or new patterns of human behavior. Yeah. AIs, AIs are going to create a thing where it goes, yeah. look, this could be a new thing that you will really like, and I'm going to put a start. It's just going to go, based on what I know in the past, I have worked out an average of what you like, right? And the average is never going to include the extreme points. It's never going to include the, uh, the, the bits you could have loved and could have or could have hated. It's just yeah. going to stick right up. Because it's, it's, it's made in our image. So our artificial intelligence is made an image. Made an averaging of our image. Yeah. yeah. Or exactly so, yeah. an algorithm of our images, so to speak. Yeah. So it's, it's, itself is a, it's, a, it's a formula that's also limited to zeros and ones. And as human beings, you also have to remember that uh, one is like the first integer that we understand, I guess, mathematically, whereas zero is um, it's conceptual. Oh, zero took ages to appear. It exactly. Was, yeah. It was like, it was, it was a Sumerian similar. I, the, it was a long time before people realized, well, we have to have a symbol for nothing. For nothing, yeah. yeah. And, it, and it is part of the number line as well. well by the same token, it, we can't, to nothing is a very difficult thing to define because you couldn't define that on an atomic level and you can't really define it mathematically. But you also need that basis of concept to go from concept to something hmm. perceivable for things to work. So we, and that's because as human beings, we have to have a basis where we understand this is zero or chaos or oblivion, depending on what theory you understand. Whereas one, I guess, refers to matter and existence and something that is tangible. So it's at those extremes, quite I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have a, a chaos and oblivion as synonyms for zero all the time. Just as a, do you have any sweets? I do not have any sweets. <laughs> yeah. It's now chaos and oblivion because I don't have any sweets. Like, it uh, depends who you, you tell that to. You tell that to a bunch of four-year-old kids. Depends yes. you tell that, I mean, they, might, they might be absolutely you know, honestly, crazy. The minute I said, I have no sweets, it is chaos and oblivion. <laughs> yeah. Actually None, Dora! None! 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 Set of numbers we have, which is things you count with one, two, three, four, five. Doesn't include it doesn't include fractions, doesn't include minus numbers, any of that kind of stuff, negative numbers. The uh, but there is a debate over whether zero is itself a natural number, whether yeah. the absence of something. I mean, obviously, it's on the number line, as are all the rest of them, but whether it's in that set of things that are natural, uh, is that that was, that was always a debate. And you'd actually have to write n zero as uh, to meaning natural numbers, including zero, yeah. uh, when you when you indicated the set. And, and maybe and, it is, and maybe it's the lack of discussion about that concept is why we're so scared to entertain the zero because zero also means infinity if you divide a fraction by zero it can be zero or infinity so it, nothing can also mean everything yeah, and yeah that's, I mean, that's a concept it, we, it might be hard for human beings to entertain so i guess that that might be the i mean i'm not really that good with math only, so it's all theoretic the social reason i think people are like that however yeah. is um i believe no, we, yeah We've arrived we're, still, at the, we're still me standing in a multiplex going, yeah. Icelandic film about a sheep raises a child or Fast and Furious 9. Or whatever uh, the new Marvel yeah. thing is. Or whatever the new, or whatever new Marvel, Marvel, whatever yeah. the Marvel thing is. Yeah. And, I, and I, I think we're at the point now where maybe if we, um, maybe I use it the window of like post Second World War up until now, I just think that we've probably reached the uh, apex of like the efficiency of the systems that we've had since then. So okay. I think that's one of the reasons whereby like, 
I think like if you think about Marvel comics or the Marvel as a as a franchise and as the cinematic universe, those comic books. I think was Superman came was it nineteen forty was it nineteen forty eight when Superman action yeah, comics came out? I'm, was not, it? I'm not an expert. I, I, I can picture the image of it. Ten different time. time. And I, I remember. Amazing. Yeah, exactly. and I remember like the X Men came out in the sixties because it was an allegory for the civil rights struggle. So yeah. a lot of these ideas and concepts themselves are based on metaphors and allegory for a lot of social issues and changes that took place over the time. And I think we've probably arrived at the point now where these were all of these new progressive ideologies, whether they were like, however you interpret them, whether it's bipartisan politics, secularism, atheism, uh, agnosticism as ideology versus like uh, capitalism and consumerism allowing for a middle class to flourish within the Western part of the world where previously you would have had like monarchy and um, feudalism and the like. And I think we've just gotten to the point now where this is this is as far as this age goes. And I think because we've edged closer and closer to it, where we're now seeing the emergence of new, more progressive ideas regarding gender and regarding um, identity politics, I think we've, for everyone who is a part of society now, is trying to either cherry pick the best parts of the time past and almost kind of try to pacify people to kind of stay in this point. Because I think at the point now where we're like, all the ideas that we had have been done, like, whether it's from all the Marvel franchises to right, okay. yeah. all, all the genres oh. that exist. So now we're at the point now where it's like, we've done a talking lamb, we've done talking farmyard animals, dancing farmyard animals, computer-generated farmyard animals. So maybe it's interesting to see a farmyard animal being raised by a Finnish woman. And because it's a new idea, that, and it's probably harder to use a genre to define it in the same way that there was That's a point in time... That's why they're getting so excited about virtual reality now, aren't yeah. they? That's or why like the a metaverse is... Exactly. Is de- whatever, what these people are desperate for, because they're like, we something could hook, new. We could hook the humans up to something new. Yeah, or even the, even the generations of, like, the early noughties, like, that's a generation ago where post-millennium and new ideas came after Y2K, where you had a film like Scream. And the idea of Scream is that it satirizes the formulaic aspect yeah. of horror films, which because it gives you all the rules and stuff. But now there's like five Scream films. So it's become almost like a franchise unto itself, even yes. though it initially existed as, you know, as a, a satirical tool. So that's how far it's kind of gone now, where it's almost become parodies of itself. It's like The Simpsons <laughs> has run out of things to make fun of because it's the longest running sitcom of all time. And now it's run out of things to parody because it's been the longest lasting institution in television. I've uh, we have I've my ten year old is obsessed about watching those Simpsons, but actually I don't think gets many, because the reference to things that happened in the eighties and nineties. I mean, so he didn't know yeah, what course. it is. Yeah. The parody. He's enjoying the thing, but he's like, yeah, I, I'm not getting what, <laughs> yeah. what this is about. <laughs> yeah, so it's just it's just a cartoon. The uh, two things they're going to throw into that mix of which are just purely cultural stuff in terms of our shock of the new type thing. Uh, first is the theory uh, that. The reason Marvel, we keep coming back to Marvel, is because at some point it is the most polished um, end product of 100 years of experimenting in what will k- get people to sit down and watch it. What rhythm is innate to us in terms of storytelling, in terms of let's go slow, fast, slow, fast, slow, fast, slow. The, uh, what is the natural thing that we go, oh, you know, and I built and you've done, you've delivered. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they, there is, and not that it, it doesn't necessarily feel like that, but there is a touch of we now know not to do. You know, an hour's exposition followed by <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. They, they've got, they've tweaked it so perfectly. Um, the, oh, I've got a thing to say after that. Okay. Uh, but there was a, uh, the other one is the, uh, that if you something like Spotify, again, the tyranny of choice, and they say, here is all music from all times just presented as if it all was written yesterday. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and how can you listen to stuff in any cultural context, in any, how can you place it any kind of like, well, this is rebelling and that, because it's not presented. It's just like, it's all here right there. You literally just, you can pick this as if it happened in 1963 or 1989 or, and you don't know who's sampling from who even, because it's all just presented bang there you go right and there's no journey to take with this anymore it's just there right and presumably every generation has to do with that in some shape or form but it just feels like it's all fit touch your button mm. don't be listening you know, no listen to albums don't be going on a journey with this yeah, yeah. <laughs> go straight to the thing hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The quick hit of something, and away we go. There was once, and I apologize, there was once um, a, a, I met a dancer who danced in a club uh, and I did a routine about her in a show, but there was an extra bit to the show because I went back the following evening to the same, this is a pole dancing club, uh, and told her about how well the routine had gone. Uh, and she was delighted to hear it, like the, uh, and it was a routine, it was the, the culmination of, her, of, a, of, the, of my previous tour, right? The, uh, and she did, she said a very, very funny thing. You'd have to see the whole thing, right? But, uh, at the end of the evening, I just went back and we were doing a non kind of, it wasn't a sleazy kind of thing or whatever. We were just hanging out and drinks and it was all grand school. Right. The, uh, and then she said, look, did you get a dance? And I said, I don't, I didn't, I didn't because instantly it becomes a kind of a, mm. a you know, you're, you're then another Transa- transactional. Yeah. And it was actually kind of fun just to be chatting with her in a kind of a look. This is my, you work with the public, I work with the public. Let's just enjoy in those, in those terms. That's very funny. Right. And she said, okay, look, shall I show you? Because I'd said, look, do you have a routine? When you do the dance, do you have a routine? And she said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, absolutely. Will I show you the routine? I said, please show me the breakdown of the, of the house of work. And she said, no problem at all. Right. So she, we go back to the back, the, the private dancing part of it. And the woman who, who looks after that gatekeeps that was going once. And she said, look, we're just doing a 30 second. She said, we're doing a 30 second dance. She said, uh, and she said, okay, because she's got a strong personality. Yeah, she's like, right. fine. Seven, seven pounds then, Dara. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and she said, right, this is how it works. Right. And so she sat me down in the chair. And basically, the routine was bum face. Which is bum and face, mm-hmm. tit face, tits and face, bum face, tit face, bum face, tit face, vag face, which was literally she climbed up and she's saying these words. Yeah. She goes, <laughs> I do bum face, I do tit face, I do bum face, I do tit face, then I do vag face, quick tit face, end of the dance. And the two of us fell about the floor da- laughing at this. <laughs> but it was the same rhythm. As every blockbuster movie, once you've seen it, once <laughs> you, the Matrix has been shown away and you realize all art is bum face, tit face, bum yeah. face, tit face, vag face, bum face. That is, or, or tit face. Uh, you know, it, it's like act one, act two, oh, three huge dramatic things, vag face, and then you're, you're out. 
I made the mistake of saying that to um, what's his name, director of the Bourne movies, Paul. Oh, uh, yeah. I know who yeah. you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, like, whatever. He found it less amusing that I basically said all of our work, including yours, that you spent so long writing, the, uh, is essentially bone-faced, tit-faced, bone-faced, tit. Paul Greengrass, right? Paul Greengrass, yeah. So I had a kind of dinner with him in which I said that. Did not appreciate that theory. Did not right. appreciate that theory at all. I, 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 think, I think the idea that we are kind of trapped in a world in which some things kind of don't feel like... we feels like we can't do anything new... And therefore, people keep going for things that they already like. I mean, it is it is understandable that people do therefore go for things they already like, right? Because they, they you know, the, the things don't feel that new. I guess I mean, people, when something people does feel new, alternative as well, though, Howard. I think I think you know when you're only presented with binary choices, then it's a lot more difficult for people to be like, "I'll go for the option that's not available on the ballot." Um, but then what happens is it within that vacuum when people are forced to make very binary choices, then you have populism can introduce itself. And as long as it tells people what they want to hear, they might gravitate towards it. So that's part of it as well, is that uh, when people are moving towards something new, they probably yeah. um, are less. Uh, yeah, I, I think people are just very scared of it because uh, especially and I, again, I find this it's a very hard thing to contextualize with capitalism as well, because. A lot of time for new experiences, they normally, or novel experiences, normally require money. And obviously people then are less inclined to do so because they want to return on their investment. So there's always, always a monetary risk of going to spend money to pay for a film when you're not, you're not aware of the characters or who's going to be involved. And But don't you think that about 99.9% you know, of the world who go to McDonald's probably go for the thing that they really know that they... <laughs> no one's ever like, ah... Never tried that before. No, obviously they 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 try. Absolutely, and, absolutely. And, and I'm the burgers they re the burgers they re they keep reinventing. Have we put the patty upside down yet? We put the bun up. <laughs> we can put the bun <laughs> upside down. Look like a slightly different version. Upside and down yet, burger. There you go. It's the no, same burger. I'm not scare people. Just go this week. No burgers at all. We are just stop burgers just for the look. Yeah, it's it's just paella. We're just gonna you come in here. You get a scoop of paella into your hands. You eat it out of your hands. Uh, That's what we're doing now. McDonald's is paella week. Uh, And are you ready? Are you ready for paella week? That'll be a series of really enthusiastic ads. It's paella week. (laughs) As long as it smells the same. As long as it still smells like fries and apple pie pastry. I'll try. I'll I'll try paella. Maybe paella, and that's it. And that's what you're having. Like. Does it come with look, muscles? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when you look at things on that kind of superficial, like that's a very easy level to understand it on. Like, oh, you know, I feel the same about God. Like, I haven't tried everything on the Wagamama menu. Yeah, yeah happy yeah. just to go with the f- f- four or five things that I think are good. Not all the four things whenever I go, but like you know, you go with the simple. Uh, but like, well, they, they, well, hello, Mister Big Spenders. <laughs> yeah, no, I've not got that I much room in there. <laughs> Your usual table, Mister Cohen. <laughs> but, <laughs> There'll be four of the people around it that you don't know, but it's yeah. But but the, when you think about it on bigger levels, like, and you know, like. Uh, <laughs> Like, let's, I'm going to use Andrew. I brought up Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang, we need to get you on the show at some point because I keep bringing you up. But like, he's an interesting example of like how politically you would kind of, you know, a guy rocks up and goes, um, forget policy, uh, thousand pound, thousand dollars a week for everyone. 
every week, every week or every month or every gym. Uh, that's my policy. And it's going to save the entire system. <laughs> and everyone was like, oh, go away, Andrew. I've had a few people who were like, oh, interesting. Yeah. But like, go away with your new ideas for civilization, <laughs> Andrew. We're happy with this decaying thing that we've got here. And then it turned out to bloody happen, basically, with um, furlough. Because yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. it basically I mean, look, yeah. happened. If you, like, I mean, I, I, you know, obviously, look, I mean, the, the, it's like the working from home thing. The, uh, mm. That I'm sure there are people who are going, you know, we could all do this, not in a massive office in town. We could all just do, you know, and it was like, no, that sounds really difficult to get my head around, like whatever. Now they had to. And like, I know big companies were going, why would we go back into the premises? Why do we? Why would we possibly keep that going when yeah. this works? Spend the money on the overheads and, and, and yeah, I think that's, exactly. that's when, it. And people are happier at home, no commute. They uh, and they can do their thing and then then go see their family, like whatever it's grand. But I think yeah. It's tricky. It's, it's tricky. It is tricky that element, though. I, the, the, I do believe in the work from home thing because I'm a guy who talks bollocks when he's at work. So for me, <laughs> it was very difficult to be as um, uh, you know, kind of uh, pr- prolific and do as much work when I was in an office every day because I just want to talk about stuff. And I'm working TV development. I mean, come on, like that's like a place where you're supposed to talk bollocks. But in yeah, the end, good, yeah. you do actually have to write the document or edit the taste to taste, or do all the, the development stuff. Absolutely. And I found that much easier to do, not being in an office every day. And, and now I go into the office like two or three times a week, and it's a joy. There's times where I do that. I'm like, oh, God, I'm so glad I'm here to talk to you face-to-face about this thing. That human connection is useful, but I think it's going to be interesting to see. Maybe I'm like not, you know, not everyone's like me. Some people are actually sitting at home you know, not doing their work, <laughs> potentially. I have, I'm no not... doubt. I have no doubt. So in conclusion, because I, I don't want to dominate the entire thing with this, like whatever, my giving fish finger sandwiches to my um, to my kids, because I know that's what they like, is essentially creating in them the same neural mechanism by which they will go to see Vin Diesel, a very old Vin Diesel, in about 15 years' time. They'll go see a very old Vin Diesel, rather than the <laughs> Norwegian drama about... And this will be a different drama because obviously the, the lamb would disappear immediately. So there'll yeah. be a Norwegian drama about a man who who owns a rock who is his friend uh, and uh, and uh, you know throws it from one side of the fjord to the other to find love. The uh, so that's not happening. But like a, an aged Vin Diesel will still have my two boys in watching it while eating a, a, a fish finger sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> which, that is which will become available. But I, I mean, I, I think that uh, just to, to obviously to tack on as well, I think. That's probably one of the reasons why you probably see a lot less willingness to innovate, even though people are so much more aware of choices nowadays. I think human evolution means that it's a very gradual process compared to the rate of technological advance and social advance that we're observing. So even though there are new phenomena and new experiences that are so available to people, I think as creatures of habit, they're not as inclined to uh, experience them. Because I think how human beings tend to perceive their humanity is based on their frequent experiences and having comfort zones as bases for their uh, for living. So, and the other reason I was going to say as well is that unless, I think as a social species, people are less inclined to embark on new experiences if they're seen as being abnormal or outside of what other people do. So mm. That's a really look, important point. People do not era, want to be considered weird. Yeah, yeah. until someone, yeah, because we, as a social species, and then again, that's further encouraged through identity politics and conformity because to do something different or to have an experience to other people aesthetically people associate these routines with normal etiquette or human practice and these are 
and, and culture. And these are all man-made ideas and terms we've created in order to uh, contextualize or find some commonality with all of our experiences. And those can be good things because they commonality can, you know, help with unity and help with rapport building. But they can also be a problem because if people act outside of these norms, then they can be considered pariah. So people are less inclined because they don't want to experience the isolation that can come from that. If you look at the era now we live in where, you know, influencer is a large part of our common vernacular, but a lot of the stuff that takes place is actually quite uh, performative because there was this story about Molly May saying that everyone has 24 hours in a day to pursue or yeah. to realise their potential. But the paradox of that being is that if everybody was doing that, then she wouldn't have an audience. And so her job would become obsolete. So people like her rely on people to have, be creatures of habit, but at the same time, be more inclined to maybe project the need for new experiences rather than actually take the risk of doing it themselves. Um, because we're also creatures of projection. So it's much easier maybe for somebody else to do it first before we all continue to do it. Because That's why we're all bloody miserable, isn't it? A lot, well, not all of us, but like... <laughs> yeah, quite a generalisation. <laughs> yeah, like, I think people are pretty miserable because they're just, the, you know, the kind of monotonous nature of, of, of certain things. Yeah, well, I mean, not all of it, but that's why existence can be, you know, that's why children do entertain people and people become very obsessed about their having children. Because Initially. initially I yeah, think but even, even, I think for a fairly good period of a decade, a child is born and you've got a decade where it's like, God, they really are new. They change yeah. rapidly. And I suppose they do change as teenagers. It's just not quite as entertaining. Yeah, it's really, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really, it, I mean, okay, it's it's it, it's also part of the journey, but the uh, but yeah, but they're not as automatically. Oh, he's done a cute thing, a different, a different cute thing. Yeah, they, uh, they also eat a lot. Of, they also eat a lot of fish fingers. You know, what I mean, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, they're not, and and by the time they're teenagers, they haven't worked out this fish doesn't grow in the supermarket. Someone has to fish for this shit. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. that's not, most people don't really consider that. And most people aren't like, I want to be able to fish for my own fish finger sandwiches because people just learn how to intersect and what part they have to play within. Well, teach, teach a man to fish and he'll be in fish finger sandwiches for the rest of his life. Is that where we're... <laughs> yeah, I guess it depends, depends on they fish though, really. In this yeah, it's true, yeah. yeah. If, you, if you want people to try new things, uh, make it out that it's something that would cost them money, but you're giving the, the, them for free. Uh, that's a great way to get people to try new things, particularly food or like drink. The amount of yeah, who's turning down a free sample uh, or like a free packet of something? You know, if you just if people go to those so places, you stand at the door of the multiplex and go, okay, you can buy one ticket for uh, Fast and Furious Nine, or for the same price, I'll give you two tickets to the. Icelandic <laughs> raising a sheep as a child movie, <laughs> yeah, which is, by the way, I'm sure it's a very fine experience, a very fine cinematic experience. <laughs> yeah. I just know I'm never gonna, you know, <laughs> you know never gonna I mean, sit when they show the trails, you know, and they go one woman's journey to raise a sheep as a boy, or whatever. And you sit in the cinema going, and I do, I do we all do that? Do we turn to our partner and go, not fucking going to that? Yeah, uh, and uh, before the next trailer starts, or is that just me? Is that just oh, absolutely. Me? No, it's, it's also a concept that is foreign to people as well, because I guess we can talk about the topic of films, but there's a theme that runs between them. So, for example, the Fast and Furious works because. The themes it says like Vin Diesel's like family. So these are like trigger words and almost like dog whistles. <laughs> people like, I've got a family, cars. I like cars, my family's got cars, fast cars. Cars do go fast. 
And then there's like action. And people are familiar with these in countries where it's like motherhood. Uh, that's not that important in our society mm. and it's patriarchy. The 18th century. Lambs. Um, food? <laughs> Norway. Where? Oh, I'm going to need subtitles <laughs> for that. So, yeah, it's, um, and I guess the, the nature of cinema, obviously, a large part of it has its origins in the West anyway. So mm. there's a certain aesthetic that we probably associate. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. So I think a large part of it is also down to suggestion as well. But like literally, if, if they do a trailer for a period drama, like within four seconds, I'm out. Like, you know, I'm just out. Yeah. And, 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 you know, there must be some period dramas. That I, I feel quite a few people have said to me, oh, you should watch Downton Abbey. It's really good. And they're people who I wouldn't expect to like Downton Abbey. But Dara's telling me with his face that he doesn't like no, Downton Abbey. No, no, it's dreadful, dreadful. Is it dreadful? Apparently it's really I good. I, I think it descended into being, you know, because I think there's a point where um, it was originally, it was set in the 1880s, but once it's set in the war, the real world just comes crashing in and it becomes like yeah, it's very hard. denialism and it's yeah. kind of like going, like it's like, la, 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 why are there soldiers on the lawn? Who are these people? Yeah. And it's like, no, you wanted this little dream of it being like, you know, no, 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 no. And then upstairs and downstairs. Like, I just find it so boring. Mr. Yeah, Mr. I, Bottomsley's I, got a problem. I don't care. He's always the same pointless problem. There's nothing yeah. going on. There's nothing going on in those shows. I think, yes. And it's like, we covered all of this anyway. In The thing about period dramas is that we are trying to rehash new stories. And as I say, it's kind of like there's been a number of different stories and emergent stories about the human experience that we're kind of still not really, I suppose we haven't really chronicled well enough to start making films about them. But at the same time, I just think we just, I just think we have run out of, not run out, but we've, we've used all the ideas we've had and retold the stories that we've told in the ways that we can tell them efficiently. But then at the same time, I said, I guess human society doesn't really evolve at a massive pace. So we're probably used to certain themes and certain cyclical themes and in society anyway. So even if you follow like the story arc of, films or action films, we're all aware of the formula where we have like a protagonist and a protagonist has to have a journey and there'll be an antagonist. And then at some point from the nineties onwards, the protagonists were also joined by anti-heroes and there seems, and I think what tends to happen is that if there is a new idea that does end up uh, resonating with people at large or en masse, then what happens is the people are much more inclined to follow it. Mm. and rather than be like well that was a good new idea let's try another good new idea because i think there's a point in time when, when when television was an emerging technology then the incentive was to create new things to make people watch mm. and i think once it was established that people watch tv as a part of a routine then the priority of it being product-led doesn't really matter anymore and it's like how can we just keep people watching yeah so you do have amazing moments that happen, I think. That's the, that's the thing I'd say anyway. There's moments like Infinity Wars, when they ended Infinity Wars, uh, going back to Marvel. Uh, I, no, I, I could talk some length about Marvel, having had to <laughs> both enjoy it myself and then re-enjoy it with, uh, with a small boy. <laughs> uh, and like, and not in any way, because look, any kind of time that you... I, I would never like it to be the template for things that are wrong in society when DC is sitting there <laughs> being genuinely <laughs> terrible. Uh, yeah. And Mar what Marvel does, it does very, very well. Right. It's, it's, so it's, interesting. it's more interesting to me that they actually just seem to have cracked a particular form of how they do it. And there is possibly a small voice in my head going a lot of these storylines in a lot of these movies are basically a child going, like I have a five-year-old who picks up different characters and then bangs them into each other. And you're kind of going, oh, you're essentially doing that. And you're essentially inventing a rule whereby 
now we've got a multiverse and now we can have these people this mm. Lego set this Lego set can now be just banged together for a while like whatever yeah. and we enjoyed it as a kid and it turns out we also oh big rounds of applause when you know somebody you don't expect to see walks out of a portal and you go hello fan, that's kind of fan I remember that guy from the last film exactly <laughs> yeah. now he's back oh, he's now he's what back would be, what would be fantastic is if if uh, in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness whatever the next one that's, that's due out the uh, that he does this hand thing and then the woman from the sheep movie walks out that would oh, be, be good the great <laughs> that would be good a real, a real cameo, oh a cameo, God, a cameo not not impeded by intellectual property and licensing. Look, how good would that they, be? But they can sort that. They'll throw a few more, um, passes for the Universal Cinema Tour or whatever, or Disney. Yeah, it's Disney, isn't it? They, uh, yeah. so that you know, go to the director of the sheep movie and go. You got fast passes for a week. You go do anything we do. All we want is for her to walk in with the lamb and go. Whoops! And then step back into the portal again. <laughs> yeah. <That'd be> great. <laughs> Oh, sorry, uh, wrong that, movie. That, that, <laughs> that'd be really good. But you know, when you think about Dar, actually, when you talk about the Marvel franchise, what makes it even somewhat even more, I guess, on this line, it proves the point even more is that you have to remember that all of this entire film and franchise is based on a pre existing source material. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's even funny that like we'll, we can watch something like Infinity Wars or like Endgame with this anticipatory excitement. But if you want to know what happened, it's already written in a graphic novel like over 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They were still like, then. Happened and everyone's like, oh no, the, the heroes are gone. And it's like, but they've written this years and years ago. People are like, what's going to happen in the next Harry Potter? It's crazy that even though there's source material yeah. that could assure us even more, like that's how much more risk adverse we are that we probably don't even want to read to find out what happens. Or we're like, even though we know a book exists, we're happy to even... Don't- Get this kind of like almost fake fear and, and anticipation, like what's yeah, going to yeah, happen yeah. next. Fa- but fa- actually, interesting fake fear, but you know, sorry, um, you know that actually it's never going to re- realize. You're never really going to lose these things because you know well there's a party voice going, it's going to be okay. Like a parent's voice going, it's okay to be scared here because it's actually going to be all right. And you know that the one that killed that for me was um, that BBC series with um, uh, the, uh, the female assassin who was being chased oh, by Killing Eve yeah Killing Eve right uh, at the start of Killing Eve like episode 3 or something I'm really enjoying Killing Eve and going oh my god what's going to happen next and then it said based on the novels by and yeah. they're going, and they're going Oh, okay. I think yeah. this one this one could go on and on. There's not gonna be a bit where one of them shoots the other and they're dead. They uh, because that's not what happened. I suppose that's one of the reasons why Game of Thrones got people so hooked because they didn't know where the books were going and then they fucked it. <laughs> they didn't have the source material and I guess yeah. and in part yeah. maybe that's how they, they lost they lost the kind of essence of what was supposed to be done in the film because then it then it went from being a television show that had been able to rely on this source material. So mm. it was somewhat crippled and uh, went the opposite way of uh, Peter Jackson's effort with the Lord of the Rings, unfortunately. Yeah. So then, quite, but, um, not to whisper, but I quite like, not maybe not the total ending of, of Game of Thrones, but the bit with the with the battle against the White Walkers. Um, yeah, that was good. Yeah. That was good. That was yeah, a yeah. great episode. It was, and for me, it's the final three episodes or so, that, yeah. the, particularly the last one, which was like, Hello, I haven't waited this long for fucking a pile of nonsense hacked together by like it was just very. I can't even. It's like a, it's like someone cheated on me. That's how I genuinely still feel about it. Can't oh really? Let it go. Can't let it go. Okay. I I was fine with it, Howard, because I found it hard to believe that medieval sex workers all shaved their vaginas and armpits. 
Yeah. And so, You've always stuck by that. You stuck by yeah, that gun since the beginning. Thing, that's my main thing with Game of Thrones. I really looked past that to be honest. I really was able to. Um, no. But Dane, <laughs> Dane, I've got to ring the uh, I've got to ring the golden question bell, which I think has only been reserved for two or three uh, guests, whose question was so good it took the whole episode. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's credit to the guest and the credit. There's only been I think Jolie and Rubenstein, uh, and uh, I think uh, I mean I have to go and look and look through the data. Uh, uh, it's Jolie and Rubenstein, I think. Uh, David Jimmy Bidil. Carr, David Bidil, Bidil, Jimmy Carr, Carr. Yeah. yeah, and David. Bidil Not been many people. Carr. I'm gonna have to go to, but the golden. I mean, the golden question is a thing now. Dara, you've you've won. I, I, I wasn't aware there was a prize you. available. No, there, there isn't. There isn't. It's just um, we're making this up now because we we've got so sucked into your question. It's <laughs> it's consumed our entire episode, which we're delighted to do, Dane. Right? And, and you should, yeah, you should be one. delighted to know that you tried something new and the gamble paid off, Dara. Yeah. Yes, been, yes, which is something. But you could have done something different. You were like, you know what I'm gonna do? Because it's like we're recording this in the middle of the day, and I actually haven't had my lunch yet. Do you know what I'm going to have? I'm going to have a fish finger sandwich. Oh, yeah. I'm going to bless this. And I'm really interested in this goat movie that you keep talking about. I'm sure I have a listener. <laughs> <Yeah, I'm laughs> it's a sheep movie. The sheep, goat sorry, movie. sorry, sorry. Don't want to Naomi be... Rapaz, um, uh, or Numi Rapaz, excuse me. Uh, and it's Icelandic. She raises a seat, uh, uh, like it's called Lamb, I think, but not the one with yeah. Liam Neeson. Anyway, look, it's great. But if it, I'd be like, oh, can I... Do I have the mental strength to do this? No. Whereas I know I have the mental strength to watch the bitten Jack Reacher where he fights five guys and he explains <laughs> them in advance how he's going to. Oh, fight. you know what? You know what's going to happen. That's why. Like, there's a likely there's a there's a theme in that in terms of a protagonist versus multiple antagonists that you're used to. And like you said, it's it's uh, there's a routine and there's like a neurological reason where I'm like, if I do this. It's, it's Pavlovian. I watch this. I get a dopamine release. Going to have, yeah. And it's going to be a very pleasant response. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a little bit, oh, duh. Whereas the other one would involve an investment, an investment yeah. that I'm not sure will pay off. Yeah. And, and that's the risk. Your body, and maybe your body's adverse to those kind of risks anyway. So it's a. Uh... It's been a great episode, though, Dane. Right? It's been a it's been a, a belter without without ending up with the, all the questions. We Dara will have to come back another day at some point for for some some continuation Absolutely. of other things. I'd be, del- but... I'd be delighted to if I, if uh, honestly if it's, if it's just straightforward. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it really is. It, re- it really is. It really is. And that's, and that's the funny thing is that like it you know especially when it comes to question and existentialism, it becomes so more complicated the more layers and layers we go on. But you just asked the one question was like. Let's just talk about this thing. And it was that yeah. simple. It's been a joy. Do you want to know what my second option of the question was? Oh, go on. Yeah, go on. Why, why can't we all wear hats? I like hats. Why, why is it weird? <laughs> that, we're not wearing that wouldn't have got an hour. That wouldn't have got the... the <laughs> I, think, I think I'm going to push it in enough directions, like whatever. Yeah, you can, there's a lot of different types of hats, Howard. There are. Yeah, but you know. you're talking to a Jewish guy. I guess we're kind of encouraged from an early age to wear... No, okay. I mean, but then we just that a hat? I don't know if that's a religious... Religious look, item look, look, Hey, 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 look, don't get it because you're, you're disproving your own scorn there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see, you already started, yeah, yeah, just, just with the religion yeah. alone. Yeah, so yeah. that's all it takes. So very close to the brain as well. So, yeah. yeah. But thank you, Dara. It's been, a, it's been a hell of an episode, right, Dane? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I expected, I obviously expected no less, Dara. Thank you very much uh, for your question and being on the show. Uh, could you tell our listeners if they want to hear more about your musings regarding um, interspecies relationships and the like? Where can they find out more about <laughs> I will be doing my new tour, which is called So Where Were We? Uh, an effort to totally ignore the events of the last two years. Um, I'm brought it, go to darbean.com. It's all over the country for the next year. Please God, uh, that all starts starts in March, and then hopefully we'll just carry on for the next twelve months. Um, and it's a, a new show. It will also feature a su- an excellent routine about the rules for fighting fighting five guys. 
Perfect. Same time. So that's the only, yeah, I think it's the only movie references this time. Although more creep in <laughs> as it goes along. But uh, yeah, so, so Darby.com and uh, back on back on the road, just back on the road. There you go, guys. Simple as boobs face, bum face, vagina face. Oh, yeah. Sorry, this format is very much yeah. boob face, bum face. First half is boob face, bum face. Second, then there's, uh, there's more boob face, bum face. Then there's vag face, like a big routine vag face. And then there's boob face just to get us out. It totally fits the rhythm. Go and see Dara. I tell you, one of the great uh, talkers to the audience, Dara, I've ever seen in person. I would definitely. That is an art form within comedy that I would argue has a uh, boobs face, badge face, you know, trick or two, but you you make it wonderful anytime I've ever seen you. So, um, yeah. Thank you very much. You're very kind. Um, It's been fun, eh? Well, I'm going to go and watch that film then. uh, Look at your socks, Howard, then watch the film. (laughs) Yeah. You've been listening to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, hosted by Dane Baptiste. For more from Dane, go to danebaptiste.co.uk or follow him on Twitter at DaneBaptweets or Instagram at DaneSnaptiste. Our guest was Dara O'Brien. You can follow Dara on Twitter at Dara O'Brien. The show is produced by me, Howard Cohen. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Howard Cohen. The show is mixed and mastered by Audio Culture. You can follow Audio Culture on Instagram at WeAreAudioCulture. Please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at DBQE Podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, question everything. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.